Let us take our Bibles and let us turn to Malachi. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament, but in case you don't know exactly where that's at, in the Pew Bible it's 802. 802, right before the New Testament. And we're going to be taking a look at reading through Malachi 3, 13 through 18. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You say it is, you say it is vain to serve God. For what profit of our keeping his charge or walking in, as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evil doers not only prosper, but they put God to the test. And they escaped. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. And the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. And then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve God. So ends the reading of God's Old Testament word. Let us take our Bibles and let us turn to Colossians, the first chapter, and beginning with verse 1. You have Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, which is also on page 983 in your pew Bible. Hear the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard your faith in Jesus Christ and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, has it also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day that you heard it, and you knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned it from Ephesus, our dear fellow servant, a, a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who has also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and suffering with joy. Giving thanks to God who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son, 
the kingdom of his Son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So ends the reading of God's Word. When we come to the book, or the letter, I guess it is actually, of, the, of Colossia, of Colossians, one of the things that we learn from Paul as we uh, start reading through this book, or as we read through this book, is that the people there in Colossia are dealing with kind of a society that is similar to ours. And what I mean by that is that you have all kinds of different philosophies that are being promoted. Philosophies are a way of looking at life of how you judge life and how you go through it. But they also had many different types of religions also. And so even though they had all these types of religions and stuff like that, you might call it a pluralistic society, but there were some things that you were not allowed to do. You know, in this particular society, they needed something that drew it all together. And so what they did is they oftentimes had emperors or, or dictators basically making it such that you had to listen to them or that you had to obey them. And so you might even say the ruling class, you know, what they want, what the ruling class would want is that everybody to submit to them because there's this constant need within people that are in government is a constant need that they want more and more power. And the reason why the Apostle Paul here writes this letter where he's at, as we learn from the book, is that he's in jail. And the reason why he's in jail is because he doesn't kowtow to the, to the emperor. He doesn't burn incense to the emperor. And so he's within jail, and while he's there, he learns of the Colossians there from a fellow pastor, because Paul never visited that church, from what we know from Scripture. And so he would not worship the emperor. Well, presently in, in China, one of the things that Jay Ping, or, or Xi Ping, recently said, that if Christians want to worship worship something, they should worship Him. And the reason why is because He is the source of all their their, uh, their wealth and everything else. He's also opposed to Muslims and Buddhists because there's always this constant thing of anything that threatens my power, I'm going to try to stamp it out. But He especially focuses on the church. Pastor Yang Yi of the early covenant church in China boldly called in a sermon that you can even hear on the internet. Well, I, it's in Chinese, so you have to read the subtitles in English. But he basically told the president of China and the Communist Party, if they don't repent, they're going to hell and they don't want him to go to hell. You know, that's one thing to say that in our country. Something completely different in China. And yet, the believers over there have a crazy love for Christ. You see, that's one of the ways that, that a society gets 
means is that, that you're willing to go to the ultimate. Part of the reason why the church has not grown like it should in China is because of compromise with the with the society. But those who are, you know, beaten up for Christ, because in, in China you can belong to the three south church, and then you're under the government control. But if you're not, if you're independent from that, they look at it as a threat. The Chinese house church has been walking the way over the cross for 50 years. On December 30th, 2019, Pastor Wang was given a prison sentence for his preaching. Nine years by the Chinese People's Court for inciting subversion of state power in illegal business operations. Illegal. Well, their church wasn't under their government. And so it was illegal. And what this meant that he would be, the sentence would include the stripping of his political rights for three years and a confiscation of his personal assets. You have to keep in mind this guy is a young man. He has kids. And how are they going to be supported except through the church? And so we live, you know, in, in this so-called age of religious tolerance, but yet those in power want even more and more power. Unless we think that that's just merely over there, that can happen even in this country. Canadian pastor, he was arrested and jailed for holding church services during the COVID-19 pandemic. And he was just recently acquitted of the two charges that they had, but what they had in total, that they had five cop tickets withdrawn, one criminal charge withdrawn, one contemporary contempt charge withdrawn, and now he's acquitted on two other counts. And yet he still spent 21 days in jail. In another case, the London police apologized and paid compensation for the wrongful arrest of an evangelist. And a street preacher in England found not guilty of another one of hate speech because he preached that Jesus Christ was the only way and that, that Islam is not a way to God. And so we live in this so-called age of tolerance and diversity where we can quickly find out that if we're like the Apostle Paul, that we can also be put in prison for following Jesus because the world says not to. And so the Apostle Paul was put in chains because he was unwilling to compromise with the Jews or with the Romans when it came to the preeminence of Jesus Christ the Messiah. You see, that's what gives us the ability to stand against this. It's because we know that we serve a God who is going to hold us accountable and hold them accountable for how they reject Him or how we follow Him. One of the things that we learn as we read through this particular epistle, we read that the Apostle Paul wrote five other letters that we would call prison epistles because the Apostle specifically names either his chains or being in prison. 
And he does that in the letters of 2 Timothy, Philemon, Romans, Ephesians, and Colossians. And so this particular thing that happened, you know, you can put the church in jail, but you can't stop the church. Why? Because if we're put in jail, we'll serve God there. And we'll praise Him there. Because there's no other way for this world to be have an understanding that we have a crazy love for Christ no matter what it takes and what it costs us. We're going to go forth preaching the gospel and teaching Him. And so in prison, the Apostle Paul meets another fellow servant of Jesus Christ. Ephesus, who worked hard for you and, and for those in Laodicea and Herapolis. And in the letter of Philemon, we learn that he was also a fellow prisoner of Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul. You know, when you're in prison, you have time to talk. And one of the things that oftentimes happened when I was doing prison ministry, that's what prisoners would ask one another, what do you live for? Boy, every time they were asked that, they could tell them about Christ. Think about that. They love the Lord and that they said only one way to God is that through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul did not start this particular church, nor did he ever visit it. But we learn that there an area that was there by the writing that is given, that there was a mix of Jewish and Hellenistic syncretism. So people were to keep the dietary laws of the Jews and, and keeping the Sabbath laws. And others were encouraged to worship of angels or visions that they've experienced somehow other than the Word of God that has been given. And in our day and age, people want all kinds of sources of truth. They they uh, they try to try to influence us this, that way by saying, "Look, if you had a had this elephant and you had all these blind people trying to you know touch him, figure out what that elephant was, then you'd have all kinds of descriptions." So all these religions and somehow be a source of truth to God. Yeah, but you need to keep in mind it's God who opens the eyes and once you open to the eyes of the blind you see things for what it truly is and the only truth that you will find is through the scriptures. And yet you have even today different groups in this world that say, well, what you need is to worship angels or perhaps the saints of the church because Jesus doesn't really care about you. You need other mediators between you and God because Christ isn't enough. And others today even might say you need to keep the ceremonial laws or churches that, that promote this, that you need to worship only on the Sabbath because somehow that's more holy than any other day. And yet the Apostle Paul writes in Colossians, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or in regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are shadows of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you by insisting on asceticism or the worship of angels or going on about visions and puffed up without reason. And so the Apostle Paul heard from Ephesus while he was in prison all that was going on. And that Ephesus brought him the gospel. And after praying for them and asking God what he should say to them, the Apostle Paul writes to them about his concern for them. But notice what he writes. 
He's thankful to God for them. The Apostle Paul is inspired to write concerning the preeminence of Christ, but in Colossians like 1, 9, it says, From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So the Apostle Paul prays for them. And from the day that the Apostle Paul, he also, he thanked God for them. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard your faith in Jesus Christ and the love that you have for all the saints. You know, see, I think that that's one of the keys in our life, that if we're going to be effective church, that one of the things that we need to do is that we need to remember that the reason why that we believe or here is because of the work of God in our lives. And so that's one of the ways that we can constantly pray to God, that we're thankful to God for what He has done in other people's lives. You see, the Apostle Paul calls us to imitate Him, just as He also imitates Christ. And Jesus said, in the same hour, He rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, the Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hid these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to children. And then also the Apostle Paul says in first in, in Ephesians chapter 1, For this reason, because I've heard of it, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. You see, prayer changes how we view others. You know, one of the things that we need to remember as we're on the internet, sometimes you come across different Christian groups and stuff like that, and it can be nasty. And sometimes what we need to do is we need to thank God for them before we ever talk about anything else that might be on our mind concerning of, of what they might have said or done. I'm thankful to you and all the church that were gathered together to hear His word. I'm thankful for the opportunity that I, that I have to share what the Lord has given me and put on my heart. And you know, we can thank God for all kinds of things, not only for the large things in life, but even the small things, like if you're looking for a parking spot and the Lord provided one for you, you can thank the Lord while you're there. One of the other ways that I found out this past week, another way to be thankful, is that is that my wife mentioned to me back in June that when she's around the propane tank, she smells gas. And so I looked it up on the internet, you know, and you got these regulators there, and it says it's every once in a while you can smell gas from a regulator because it's just bypassing that sort of thing. Now, if you haven't had propane, you may not know what I'm talking about, but it's basically, it's a large tank with, with uh, liquid gas in it, and then it releases into an air. So I didn't think too much about that, that gas smell until I, until I called the propane people because one of the things you do, you can't, you can't rely upon just the meter always to be working. You have to check your tank. You have to beat on it a little bit. Make sure that that thing actually, that, that the level in it is dropped. And so when I did, and they go, oh, okay, it's got 25%. That's usually when I called them. So I called them and said, well, we're so glad you called us because according to our records, you should have 45%. 
thinking, <laughs> so I went and found some soap, put on it, and there it was leaking right there by the stem. So, you know, it was late at night, you know, and it's like, it's quite a ways from the house, so I thought, you know, I called them up to report that they need to check this, and they said, if it's an emergency, press this, and I thought, well, it's not really an emergency, I need to get somebody up for it. And so, uh, I just reported it, and then they called me, and they told me, you know, whenever you smell gas, it's an emergency. So anyway, they came out, and they, they found out what the deal was, is that on propane tanks, at least the one I have, you have to either have it screwed all the way in properly sealed or screw it all the way out before it properly seals. You can't have it halfway in between. And so I was a little bit thankful to God that not only do you have people that know a lot about propane tanks, but also that, uh, that when we're mowing around that thing, it didn't explode. You know, you, you just never know when the Lord's going to take you home and, and when He even spares you when you're kind of stupid. But we can thank constantly God for, like the Apostle Paul, for those in our church, for those connected to it, for being a part. Thanksgiving is so much better to hear and encourage people in the church than criticism is. And so as you think of Sunday school teachers or a or as you think of deacons or elders or, or pastors, always remember to thank God for them and, and the work that He's doing, not only in your life, but in, in the lives of others. But notice Paul's prayer for them. It says, Since the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. You see, one of the things that, that we need so much so is that we need to know how to live for God even in all that we do in life. And so you have a prayer that is given there that we don't cease to pray, that you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and understanding, that we know what to do in every circumstance. Why? So that you may walk in a worthy and walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You see, the knowledge of the will is so that you may do that will, that you may live for Him, that you might be pleasing the Lord, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened as it is with all power. In other words, the power to live a Christian life comes from Him. So you have the prayer and the purpose of God and the power source. Always giving thanks to God for His love that He has basically redeemed us. You notice the Apostle Paul, he doesn't pray for their wealth, he doesn't pray for a lot of other things, but he does pray that they would know what God's will is in their life. I'm also reminded of that book in Malachi as we read through it. Says those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. That's one of the things that we often do in church, that we talk to one another about what God has put on our heart, or as we're doing a Bible study, that what God has done in our hearts. And God takes notice of it and He writes it in a book of remembrance. It does mean that God doesn't know what's going on. No, that book of remembrance is for us, so that when we look back in our life, we can figure out exactly. Why those bad things happen to us in life? We may not understand it here, but in heaven we'll have an opportunity.
opportunity to understand a little bit more of what the Lord has done. And so all the service that we do, we're, you know, we're about to take an offering for the training of pastors in foreign countries like in Africa and Kenya and Ethiopia and Tanzania and the Philippines. And so as we take that offering and everything else, remember this is one opportunity where the Lord will write it in the book of remembrance of what you've done for Him. And even as you came this evening and, and heard His word. God continues to work in this world and we don't always understand why He doesn't do more than we would like but yet in our own lives sometimes we are weak in that regard. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God we're so thankful to you that you've called us and given us faith. Lord, without your work in our lives we would never believe in you we would never trust you. And even, Lord, when we're going astray and when we're not sharing your word like we should and you, and you bring your heavy hand of, of conviction upon us, yet you continue to guide us into all the truth. And so, Lord, as we bring this offering to you, we ask that you use it for the furtherance of the ministry of the gospel. And Lord, we ask you also, as we remember this Thanksgiving time, that your God, who was gracious to us enough that you would bring us to faith in Christ through the preaching of the gospel. And Lord, we ask you to continue to work in our lives and the lives of our children, that they may always serve you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.